Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Love having my friend on Warren D. Robinson. Uh, he is a filmmaker, uh, TV maker, producer. Uh, he's involved with projects uh, on Netflix, on Oxygen, and several other places. I, I love his work. Very entertaining, but I also love to pick his brain. He brings a lot to our conversations. Uh, he's an, uh, a, an attorney by, by training and uh, really an excellent political pundit. And uh, we always have a lot of fun whenever he's on the program. WarrenDRobinson.com, real quick, anything you want to add to that before we get into our topic? Uh, no, you did a great job. Thank you so much. Always, As always, you can go to WarrenDRobinson.com, find out about my, any projects I have. Thank you so much. Yeah. He's got great projects. Okay, let's get into this uh, anti-Semitism. Last week I had a fascinating interview with uh, David Rubin, who has a new book out. He's the former mayor of Shiloh, uh, Israel, and a uh, very interesting person when it comes to all things politics. Um, we had a conversation about anti-Semitism, and it is, you know, people exaggerate. I, I, I get tired of hyperbole, but I feel like I can say with uh, – Really, very little reservation that anti-Semitism is is rampant in this country, and not only in this country, on a, but on a global level. It reminds me a lot of like the world uh, leading up to World War II when it comes to, to the way uh, Jew, the Jewish population is viewed. And uh, you know, you you look across our own political landscape in the United States. And typically when groups are particularly maligned or despised, it is, uh, it is based on a partisan type of thing or an ideological type thing. But I can point to plenty on both the right and the left that clearly demonstrate anti-Semitism. And so for me, it's, it's a very, it's, a, it's an alarming situation. Yeah, no, I agree. Anti-Semitism is rising. We know that. We've heard the uh, Justice Department and others let us know that it is on the rise, um, and it is alarming. But, you know, I have to be honest, Kevin, coming up um, in a community, growing up African-American primarily, I will say that in, the, in our community, a lot of us are not necessarily aware of anti-Semitism at the same rate. And that's just the facts of it. We we hear a lot about racism as it relates to African Americans. It's been very public. It's, you know, we kind of know what that looks like. We know what it looks like to our Hispanics and others. I, I do think there's a lot of confusion, though, about what is anti-Semitism as it relates to the Jewish community. And we've seen them come out um, recently against a lot of different famous people who have done or said things that are anti-Semitic. But I get a lot of responses, and I'm reading the responses on social media, and people are kind of like, well, what's racist about that? And they don't get it. And a lot of it has to do with, quite honestly, a lot of the stereotypes that revolve around anti-Semitic uh, tropes are actually what we would consider kind of positive in a way. So people don't understand how to link something that's a positive to a negative such as racism. And so you don't see the same kind of understanding. And um, I think it's also to do with the small population of the Jewish community. You know, growing up in the Midwest in Indianapolis, we didn't, you know, I don't think we knew a lot of Jewish people. We don't have a big yeah. Jewish community. And I grew up, I didn't know any. If I did, I didn't know they were Jewish. And so I think that also helps 
um, why so many people are not quite aware of what anti-Semitism is when I see it. And so we have to have a national conversation about that because it is on the rise. And we need some education and explaining to come in and say, okay, listen, here is the tropes, here's what's anti-Semitic, and here's how it's hurtful. Because a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there is some nuance required. And again, I'm a white guy talking about blacks now, so forgive my ignorance. But and believe me, I'm I'm very sincere when I say that because, you know, I look at situations and I get confused about why is that a problem? Why is he, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and so I don't think the problem about blacks looking at Jewish population with confusion is that unusual. You know what I'm saying? I think probably all ethnic groups have that have that lack of uh, clarity when talking about other groups. And so, um, so yeah, and then when you look at the history of oppression when it comes to blacks, and they're like, yeah, we're not in Germany in the 1940s. It's, it's been pretty good for Jews, you know, since then. I could see that kind of thinking. But meanwhile, look at what the black population continues to go through. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it gets very, it gets very astute. Again, a white guy talked about what, I hear and see among those I know and, and, and are friends with in the black community. So it, it is complicated. And I think the very best thing we can do at the very beginning is for all of us to say how, how much we lack objectivity. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I love the way you put that because you hit the nail on the head there. When, when you've seen the things that our community has gone through and continues to go through, sometimes we do kind of get dismissive and say, well, wait a minute, <laughs> you're not upset about that. And it kind of creates this perception of uh, where we're kind of pitting our, our atrocities against each other, right? How many times have we had this hypothetical debate on social media, right? What was worse, slavery or the Holocaust or these kind of things? Uh, and that's helpful to nobody when you kind of compare Rome. What should be done is conversation. So, you know, for instance, Dave Chappelle did his whole Saturday Night Live routine. Many in the Jewish community found it anti-Semitic, and the first thing they did was, you know, all these calls to boycott uh, Dave Chappelle, and how did you let him say that, and all these statements. But what they didn't do was use the use what Dave Chappelle said as an opportunity to educate. And so all it does, or if we go back even further with Kyrie Irving, who's on suspension, or a few months back when Whoopi Goldberg said something about Jewish people being not being a race, she was suspended. Why not have a conversation? Because all that does, ironically, Kevin, it actually reinforces the stereotypes that many people have about you. Is right because one right. of the big stereotypes is that they're all powerful. And so when you silence people without giving them a chance to have a conversation, it kind of reinforces that stereotype. And I know that's not what they meant to do, but that's what they did. And so it should be education should be the conversation should be the way we right. approach these things, not silencing people. Yeah. Right, and we need we need more, uh, you know, uh, we may need more conversation and less silencing. I, I, I concur with that, um, you know. And, and the reality is, is that it is an unfair, unfairable, uh, unfair characterization. One you're not making, but one that others do make. That uh, look how powerful they are because they shut this conversation down. Yeah, the, you know, the reality is, is nowadays we shut that down for all ethnic groups, or even not ethnic groups, but lifestyle groups. You know, but again, it's going back into perceived prejudice that is centuries long. You know, even even when the Israeli people from AD seventy, when when Jerusalem fell until nineteen what forty seven, literally had no country. 
uh, sometimes somehow we perceive them as ultra powerful, you know, uh, omnipotent or something. And, uh, and so, yeah, but all of our problems, you, you nailed it on the head. We're having a, a, a who, who nailed it on the head best contest here, I guess. You nailed it on the head when you, when you talk about the fact that we don't understand is our biggest problem. And, and, and as and we talk and do and behave out of ignorance rather than out of what can we learn from one another to make things better. Yeah, and, you know, how many people know that? You know, you gave these facts about the Israelis not having guns. That's not, I don't think, that's not common knowledge. You know, I'm a pretty educated guy. I went to, you know, I have several degrees. And that is not common knowledge. Everybody does it. They don't know that history. And so when you hear, um, again, anti-Semitism, to a lot of people, they're kind of like, okay, what is that? And, again, yeah. uh, when you have – it's kind of like, you know, Asian stereotypes. Right? When you have somewhat positive traits, people just don't see the harm in it because a lot of times with Jewish traits, it's, it's considered, you know, things such as they're powerful, they're wealthy, um, they know how to negotiate because they're, they're cheap, these kind of things. All these harmful, hurtful stereotypes, which they are, but people don't view them negatively, so they don't see it as a problem. And that's why when you hear people accused of anti-Semitism, they get a lot of support online. They get a lot of support, and people are kind of like, what's the big deal? You know? And so we have to educate people on why it's harmful and how it hurts and how it's wrong to say these things. That should be the goal, not yeah. silencing, not trying to cancel them, because that just makes people mad. That just gets people That's to right. brain. That just gets people to support them. You've got to have conversations to say, wait a minute, here's what they said, and here's how it's harmful. Yeah, and the media eats it up, in my opinion. The media eats it up. They don't. I don't, I don't think they want kumbaya. I think they want more conflict because ratings follow conflict. I appreciate your comments on the history of Israel as, you know, as a location, a geographical location. You know, uh, if, if you study, uh, if you ever read Mein Kampf, and I have read Mein Kampf, Hitler's, you know, reason for World War II, and people go, oh, why did you read that? Why? Because I want to understand why Horrible, evil, crazy people do what they do. That helped me a lot. Part of his whole entire theory is that people who were not tied to their land could not be ethical or moral people. And the Jewish population had no land to be tied to, and thus they, quote, leached on other people's lands. That's the, yeah, that's the reason why he... Yes, and a reason why you particularly hate the gypsy population. They, too, were not tied to any particular land because they were displaced by more powerful people. I mean, really? I mean, come on. So you're anti these people because they were displaced by big tyrants? I don't get that. But that's what happens when, when people don't think in the larger picture. But all of that helps us understand how deep. It is, even before World War II, well, the way uh, Jews were generally treated was horrific. Go watch Filler on the Roof is shockingly accurate. No, and, and you are correct. You can never make the, ra uh, the irrational rational. So that's why it doesn't make right. sense why he felt the way he felt. And you're right. There's a lot of history of atrocities that have happened to the Jewish community. There's a lot of uh, history of atrocities that have happened to the, the African community, the African-American community. Yeah. We've all endured a lot of pain over these years. And that's why I go back to this, this ideal of somehow uh, that we can compare, that we can some kind of how compare atrocities. It makes no sense. At the end of the day, many of us have been mistreated. And so the thing that should happen is that all these communities come together 
and say, you know what, we've all been mistreated, we've all been maligned, now let's all, you know, benefit. But when you have, again, perception, when you have a community that has been so mistreated, but yet we still find ourselves at the bottom rung of society, and then they perceive the other community as doing better than them, that just kind of further creates division. And so that's the kind of thing we have to get nip in the bud. That's what we have to get rid of is this ideal that one community is doing better than the other, this ideal of division, and say, no, we've all been through this. We need to come together. Yeah, yeah. That really, unfortunately, is the history of the world. Is Unfortunately, a big part of it is the powerful exploiting or abusing those who are not. And, um, you know, that transcends uh, our cultures, our races, the whole nine yards. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We need more understanding across the board. Warren D. Robinson, always love having you on, always have more uh, topic than time. Uh, but I always also look forward with great anticipation every time you're on because I, I, uh, I, I just have a great time. Thanks so much for being with us. Final thoughts on your part. Yeah, you know what? I would just say if you don't understand, you know, go look it up, read a book. Let's let's get some education here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you entirely, and uh, there's a lot to read out there. I encourage people to read Mein Kampf. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. No, I do. If you want to understand how crazy, <laughs> I'm having a debate with myself, but no, seriously, you want to understand how crazy works. Look at that and, and see what he did and how it was done because a lot of the current hate thinking and movements in the world today, you can find how that looked. I don't know if I want to encourage people to read my copy. I'm going to come back with you on that. <laughs> but, but, uh, but uh, you know, we know what you mean. If you're inclined to blame others, don't read, don't read, don't read my cough. Uh, which, by the way, means my my struggle. That's what Mein Kampf translated in English means, my struggle. Clearly, he struggled. He thought his struggle was with population groups. It was obviously a struggle with his brain. That was really his struggle, but he never understood that. But I think it would be good. You know, maybe you and I ought to put together a little reading list of stuff people could read if they want to learn more about you know, these issues about hate, tolerance, that type of thing. Almost everything in this department is somewhat extremist and is trying to force people to get to a position that's really hard to get to. You know what I mean. We've talked about this before. You know, uh, you know and people need a path to get to a more reasonable uh, uh, place. And you don't want to use hate to fight hate, which, frankly, a lot of the, the so-called tolerant literature is hateful. It is. No, it is, and it's not very tolerant at all. We, we don't understand what the word tolerant means. Tolerant nowadays means if you support my view, I will tolerate you. But yeah. uh, if you have any other view, I don't, and that's not tolerant at all. Yeah. Yeah, so don't read my talk, but let's work. We're going to work on a reading list to help you understand my talk <laughs> and, uh, because there's some really good books out there uh, on the topic uh, because we, we need to understand why people – think like they think in order for us to find common ground and in order for us to understand what's going on. And so uh, absolutely always love having you on Warren D. Robinson, WarrenDRobinson.com. One of my favorites. Can't wait for our next chat. I'm Kevin Price. More for you after this.